This is the uh, it's the first episode of the pod, and I'm here with Eugene Valenta. Alright, um, to start, could you tell us a little bit about yourself, um, maybe about your family, um, where you're from? My ethnicity would be Czech, all four of my uh, grandparents and my father uh, came to this country as uh, immigrants, so uh, my family history is we're first generation Czech. I have a brother and two sisters, we're a family of four, uh, very close and uh, all doing well. All right, and um, from that, uh, what, what has it meant for you to grow up, um, grow older? and evolve into your position as an elder in the community. And what, is that, uh, what does that word mean to you? Mature, experienced, and knowledgeable to an extent by, by experience. Some things, a lot, I'm an avid reader, I love history, etc. You learn a lot like that, about that, but I think experience as a teacher, you can't pick up in a book. Yeah, I agree. I think some things you just can't learn in books, although I think books can be huge for learning and gaining perspective. Um, struggles are a huge part of life, and I was wondering if you could tell us about a difficulty that you've gone through and how you came out on the other side. One difficulty uh, that I experienced was that when we uh, reached the point where we wanted to have our business housed in a building where we had full control and not being you know, dictated by a, a, a landlord as to uh, you know, what expenses we would have and whether or not we could modify the building to our needs. So we finally went out and found a suitably sized business and uh, took the uh, great leap of faith to uh, borrow uh, enough money to uh, put down and to take on a mortgage. And uh, it was... Um, uh, some sleepless nights, I would have to say, uh, many times wondering, uh, you know, about this liability and this this burden that we took on. And as the years went by in our business, we worked hard at our business. And as it uh, became more successful, of course, that all subsided. And we looked back at, at the whole um, venture as, uh, you know, a very, a very good thing for us to do to have our our business uh, housed in a in a building where we had complete control, but it was scary. <laughs> wow, that sounds that sounds really really nerve wracking. Um, what is what is one piece of advice you would give to um, younger people? One would be to trust in your own judgment, think things through, be confident with the decisions that you make. You are fortunate to have parents and family for guidance and support. Um, but trust in your judgment. Yeah, no, I'm, I mean, I think that's really, really valid. Um, how, did, how did where you grew up really influence you and turned you into the person you are today? Well, I had mentioned that my family came from Czechoslovakia. My dad was 18 years old when he processed through Ellis Island. He couldn't speak a word of English. And 
Um, we lived in a home in the city of Patterson that was a cold water flat. The building was more than a hundred years old, but uh, we actually had, uh, there was no heat. We ate well. My dad worked very, very hard and uh, learning the language and learning music and, and process, you know, getting himself uh, going. And he did a very good job at that, but we learned not to waste. Um, we, I saw how hard he worked to, to make sure we had good food on the table. My mom would boil water on the stove and bring it into a cold bathroom, dump it in the tub, and me and my brother had to get in there. And I could just see her now as she you know, would be heading for the bathroom from the kitchen yelling, hot water. She had boiling kettles of boiling hot water that she was dumping in a tub for our bath. There was no hot water in this apartment. And the heat, same thing. We, uh, we would gather in the kitchen with the oven door open. We didn't have a television, but we would listen to, uh, to Jack Benny on the radio at the time. And we'll huddle in the kitchen and open the, open the uh, oven uh, door, and, and that would kind of heat the area. Then we would hang our lawn johns on, on a chair in front of the uh, oven and they kind of got warm and then when it was time for bed my brother and I together hopped in the bed with our warm warmed up uh, long johns and lots of blankets and went to sleep in a uh, you know pretty cool environment but you know what we were happy uh, it was fine it's all we knew at the time as kids um, and but one thing I did learn was to it was to work hard and to uh, not to waste things um, I'd say that made a big impression on me. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's a really interesting perspective. What is something you wish you did or something you wish you knew when you were younger that would help you set up your life in the future? Um, well, I'm always an advocate of a phrase I always like, and that's bloom where you're planted recognize your strengths and interests and have the confidence and fortitude to pursue them. Um, as a teenager, I guess I, I was always fascinated with manufacturing. As a kid, my brother and I, growing up in the city of Patterson, it was a big, big textile town. You hardly would walk down the street where the the noise and, and actually seeing the, the movement of the building swaying from the uh, synchronization of the looms running and the noise in the summertime when we were off of school the windows would be open and, and on some of the lower floored buildings we were able to get a box and stand up and look inside the window and we were just my brother and I were just so fascinated to see the noise and the tremendous power of these weaving looms running and making the cloth and so on and that made, just made a huge impression on me so I was always fascinated with machinery and the idea of manufacturing something. And that's how um, it just was a natural thing for us to get into the textile business and start uh, manufacturing cloth, which is what we do. All right. Now, I know you were very involved in um, consumer relations and businesses. I was wondering what's something you learned from that um, in all your years of experience? Well, I, th I think it's just something that's, 
sales and meeting people, traveling and having meetings and all that sort of thing. I, I had the confidence, I believe, of, of the trade that we learned. And uh, when I would meet with people, um, you know, I, I, I felt I had a good background of what I was talking about. So I had a lot of uh, confidence, but it, it's just important to have uh, a good relationship with people to to try and relate to people. One person may be a fisherman, another person might be interested in music, somebody else might be a golfer, but you know, to really you know befriend people and earn their trust. You do what you say and say what you say what you do and do what you say. Uh, always uh, never neglect to follow up and do what you say you're going to do. And uh, that all came naturally to me. So um, I guess, you know, the, the sales part of the business was uh, what I mostly was uh, involved with. And my brother Jerry was a natural mechanic. Uh, he's very good with all things mechanical and technical, including, you know, with uh, computers and uh, so on. If a loom was to break down, even the more modern high-speed electronic machines, there was never a question as to whether or not it wouldn't be fixed right in the house because uh, that's, that's so I always felt bloom where you're planted. Understand your interests, understand your your strengths, and have the confidence to take the risk take that leap of faith and just do it. Wow. I think that's huge. I mean, a lot of people are so busy talking about what they're going to do and starting, starting can really be a bit scary. It can be risky, but I think that's one of the hardest parts. And, uh, yeah, it's great advice. Um, I just wondering if you had anything else, anything else you'd like to add? Yeah. Well, I, I would just say that, Everyone should know, if we want to speak of it in general, everyone should know right from wrong and should never be influenced by anyone who may try to intimidate or dare you to do something that you know is wrong. And any friend or person you think is a friend that tries to shame or embarrass you into doing something is one friend that you don't need. And this kind of stems back to a confidence in yourself confidence in your decisions and you don't need anybody influencing you the world is your oyster <laughs> yes sir all right so that wraps up the first part of the interview hopefully you like that part now in the second part eugene and i talk about some current things happening in the world and the stock market just a little disclaimer this is not at all investing advice but let's get into that section just a little uh, info. Uh, Eugene is now a uh, retired, a uh, former businessman and um, active investor. Oh, um, wanted to talk about um, like investing, investing these days. Uh, where do you think the market is going recently? Recently, um, well, there's a lot of. Uh a lot of moving parts to it. We have um, the debt ceiling seems to be in the news. That has to be resolved. We have the war in Ukraine. We have uh, high interest rates. We have raging inflation worldwide. So I I get Barron's, uh, read that page cover to cover. And uh, 
I watch, spend a lot of time watching the um, business channels on, on the television and uh, I find myself kind of on the fence in the middle. I, uh, I hear a lot of opinions and there's as, as many pros and uh, a, lot of a lot of people are sanguine about the future of the market and other people are doomsayers. So finding mm -hmm. something in the middle, just going to see how things uh, shape up over the next month or so. Yeah, you you tend to like to invest in bigger corporations, you know, older. I do. Older I, I like the industrials. Uh, I just to, you know take a, a page from Warren Buffett's book: don't invest in anything you don't understand. So, a lot of the technology stocks and uh, that I really don't understand what they do. Uh, I have an idea, but not a true understanding. But it it's the caterpillars and the John Deere's and the Fords that make sense to me. They they make something. They pay a dividend, and uh, it's something uh, I don't think can easily be replaced. Throw Boeing in there too. No, I agree. I think I think there is some value to uh, come with uh, newer stocks, and uh, specifically like the electric vehicle sector. Mm -hmm. I know you invested in any of that. No, well, I have. I in the Kensho uh, ETF. But the largest component of that is Tesla, and of course Tesla's stock has been uh, under siege, uh, and it's become a more crowded space. They were terrific. Uh, Elon Musk was a fantastic innovator, and uh, he did a fabulous job with uh, with the car. But um, it's getting to be a more crowded space. Everybody from Volkswagen, BMW, Ford, GM, everybody's going into it. It's the way of the future. And um, which who's going to be the the real winner? I I don't know. Maybe several, but competition is good. That's that's what um, enterprise is all about. Yeah, I know. I definitely think it's I definitely think it's a tough market because it is becoming so saturated, and um, there's definitely a lot of like gaps with the um, with the technology coming from. I've heard about um, problems with Tesla engines, and there's this there's this whole new line called Rivian. And um, I think they had, I think they had some big, big problems with their, uh, their. They have this, tr they have a truck, and um, you know, a bigger SUV type car. Mm -hmm. But um, it's interesting with Elon. I'm, I'm a pretty big Elon Musk fan, but uh, a lot of people, a lot of people do not like him. And I mean, the recent takeover of Twitter, that's, that's pretty crazy. And it's amazing how he's, he's transforming that. Well, just hearing on the news this morning, there's some question as to whether he may sell more Tesla stock to support uh, his investment in in Twitter, and this this is what has been been, been putting pressure on the on the stock itself. Uh, Elon Musk himself, um, he's a genius. What else? What single man has ever done what he's done? Yeah, he is he is very very intelligent. I think his worth ethic is amazing, but. He does seem to have almost too much going for him right now with the with Tesla, SpaceX, um, Twitter. It's really hard to like manage all that, especially when all those companies require so much so much attention from one person. I think that's that's really tough. They they do. Um, I hear a lot about Tesla on the news, and again, some people are very optimistic uh, about its uh, future and the value of the actual value. Other people feel it's overvalued. I mean, he uh, the whole thing was built without any real competition. 
but the car is still, uh, from what I can hear, uh, you know, top notch. It's it's an excellent car, but the field is getting more and more competitive. Yeah, I hear I hear the engine specifically. The power of the engine is very high quality. Um, switching over to talking about Twitter, that that whole thing is amazing. I mean, with the with the whole idea of content moderation, and um, how he's working through that compared how past Twitter execs have worked that through that is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's definitely a very like deciding very important factor like in, in our country with all the misinformation like what do you think about um moderation and, and taking things down that you know well i mean people will do what they do um everything needs to be regulated and uh you know monitored to some extent uh, not to stifle free enterprise but you can't go to a movie theater and stand up and yell fire. There's just some things you don't do. You can't do. So mm. I can't say I understand all that much about social uh, social media. I, I don't uh, you know, don't get into uh, Facebook or any of that, but it's changed mm-hmm. the world. Yeah. Um, going back Going back to the stocks, I think the stock market has been rallying a bit recently after after a really tough time over the summer and um mm-hmm. through the past few months but um do you know anything about the real estate market how's the how's that market been doing and compared with the stocks i know you have a couple um properties in, in uh jersey area we have reliable you know tenants so it's uh, we've mm-hmm. had to help them out through the pandemic time and you know allow for forbearance everybody it's been difficult for for everyone so we mm-hmm. uh we they're good people they're honest people and uh, you know certainly we worked with them to get through uh the couple speed bumps that we've we've had with um with the pandemic you know problems mm-hmm. but you know the assumption is when you look at the history of the stock market look at a 30 40 50 year picture it's been nothing but a ski slope up so we mm. do have these speed bumps along the way, but generally speaking, the trend is up. You just have to weather the storm, um, stay the course, and uh, just try uh, and invest in uh, quality uh, companies, which in my view are companies that make something, pay a dividend, and uh, cannot easily be uh, replaced. Uh, yeah, definitely, definitely in the long term, investing looking for those looking for those quality companies that actually are gonna produce value for uh, for a long time out. I mean, I don't I don't think the I think the market could um, still go down significantly before we start seeing a major uptrend. I mean, mm. I've heard a lot of people say that it's not quite the end. No, well, we got to look at all the moving parts, everything that's happening worldwide. This inflation is not just the United States; it's it's everywhere. Um, supply chain issues have affected everyone. All these things going on, they, they will definitely uh, settle down and uh, be resolved. It might take some time. If you if you have a, on my feeling, if you have a three to five year horizon, uh, you just have to stay the course and um, hmm. hang in there. Especially especially with the whole China thing about them going um, back into lockdown, like. You know, I, I really thought everything with COVID was over. China is another one of those moving parts. That's, uh, you know, that's why it's kind of hard for, uh, I think, any analyst to uh, 
be very definitive about a, a, a course, a soft landing, hard landing, all these cliches we're hearing, it's, uh, it's very difficult. No one can say with certainty what's going to happen over the next few months. Uh, I think a correction. Um, mm. We will have a, a correction, and that might be a time to maybe allocate a little more. Mm -hmm. a, cor a correction from like this current like um, yeah uh, trend I think of the I think yeah I think uh, from I it's a more of a sounding board than an original uh, thought on this but um, uh, just what I'm what I'm hearing is that a lot of things are overvalued they were pumped mm -hmm. up very much pumped up um, the demand for you know certain consumer goods throughout the uh, uh, pandemic uh, and so on have waned. So, and mm. things are changing. Yeah, I mean, you've you've been investing in the stock market for a while, so you can remember back to when it was all all big companies. Well, and, I don't know if it's for some reason, as a uh, in my teen years, I just started to take an interest in it. And um, while I was in college, I was I think my might have been my junior year, a small, very small amounts, but I, I started to. Uh, take an interest, do some reading, and then make a few investments uh, that early on. So I don't know. It's, it's yeah, I mean, a lot of people are, uh, are not at all interested in it. it it's, it's sort of like a hobby, you know, mm -hmm. just a hobby, just an interest. I mean, I think it's a hobby for you now, but I think it can be a, a major life choice for some people. I mean. Oh, absolutely. Oh, a lot of people. About that. A lot of people talking now saying, you know, it's best to start investing as soon as you can. Start with the yeah. compound interest and everything. Yeah, you just never know what sparks a interest in, in anything in anybody. But just mm -hmm. for me personally, as as a uh, you know, in my teens, I just was interested in some of this. Do you do you remember what the first company you invested in was? Yeah, General Aniline and Film. <laughs> uh, yeah. That was, what did they, what did what did they even do? Well, like a Kodak, you know, uh, film processing and so. Oh on. yeah, yeah. Yeah, actually, I think I think it was a German company originally. Oh, I bet that was a I that, bet that was a huge business that back went then. Public. Well, it was. Uh, Kodak was a you know e enormous uh, company. Uh huh. Yeah. I think that uh, I think that wraps it up for the uh, the podcast. Well, it was interesting. Yeah. Uh, interesting conversation. All right, Carson. We'll see you soon again. All right, bye. Thanks. Okay, bye. All right, that's going to wrap today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. I will be back very soon, and I'll see you then.